Hey folks, it's Pete Trubis, the world's OK starting strength coach, here to talk to you a few things before this episode. New gyms keep getting added to the list, but our current holdup is being able to fill them with starting strength certified coaches. And since we won't lower our standard for coaching, we're going to grow our own. There's plenty of apprenticeship opportunities out there currently and in upcoming gyms. So if you're interested, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, click on the coach tab, fill out the form so you can speak to our recruiter, Anna Capel, and she'll let you know what opportunities are available. There's also a map there to show you what's on the board and what's coming up. Along with that, we have our coaches prep course. It's an online preparatory course that's designed to help get you ready for the starting strength coach certification. It's open to any level. You're assigned a starting strength coach mentor. You'll have to go through 23 different modules, including academic written assignments, as well as coaching assignments, where you film yourself coaching different aspects of the lift and get real feedback from a starting strength coach mentor. It's a great opportunity to learn for somebody that is not able to coach in a starting strength gym or somebody that is becoming an apprentice. It is a great compendium to the apprenticeship program. So to check that out, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the coaching tab and you'll find the prep course information there. Lots of opportunity on the horizon, folks, so don't miss out. Enjoy the episode. Mildly entertaining, somewhat obscure guests, relatively interesting topics, semi-professional production quality, reasonably well-informed commentary, a great value for the money, hundreds of fans all around the world. It's the Starting Strength Gyms podcast with your host, Ray Gillenwater. We just hit a really important milestone. The franchise company is now cash flow positive. So I wanted to share this with you guys. It's been uh, four years since we announced this thing at StrengthCon. It was April of uh, 2018. I got up in front of the community. It was uh, the first and only StrengthCon where it wasn't just coaches, but also people from the forum that came to Wichita Falls, packed room, and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I was I was actually over at the gym at the Wichita Falls Athletic Club because I had signed up to coach some people that opted in for coaching during that event. And at the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, Rip and I talked about this franchise thing, and um, he's into it, Nick's into it, Steph likes the idea, and uh, I wonder if he's going to want me to uh, announce it at StrengthCon, so... I actually had uh, a few talking points in my head about what I would say if Rip just surprised me with like, oh, hey, and Ray Gillenwater is here to tell you about the franchise idea. And that's exactly what he did. Totally put me on the spot. So he he called me, and I'm sitting over there getting ready to coach. And then I I get the call, and then I get up to leave, and Pete Trupos is like, and we didn't know each other well at the time, by the way. He's like, where are you going? It's like, oh, Rip, Rip needs me. I got to run. Sorry, man. And so he's like, fuck. He uh, had to scramble and figure out a way to replace me. So I head over to the forum over in Wichita Falls, and I stand up in front of the group, and I pitch them on this idea. And, uh, I mean, to me, it's blindingly obvious. Like, there's this program that works better than any other program in the world. It works for everybody. Um the results you get are profound. And the only way that you can access the program is if you're a giant nerd like me and you buy Ripito's book and you take a bunch of notes and 
you go to the gym like I did. I think my first session was in Hawaii. I was at this gym with these gigantic Hawaiian guys benching four or five plates, loading 75 pounds onto the barbell for my first day on the squat, checking my notes, squatting down to the bottom, standing back up. That was how you did this thing back then, you know? Um, you could hire a coach. There wasn't really online coaching back when I did this thing. Um, there weren't many coaches at all to help you in person. In fact, the reason I messaged him was because I wanted his help with coaching because my take on things in life that are important is ask the expert. Even if it seems like the expert is busy, doesn't have time for you, is out of reach, whatever, just go for it. So I emailed Rip and that started our relationship all the way back and we'll see what date the email says, but maybe 2012 or 2013. I announced the thing at StrengthCon and then I'm at dinner that night with my wife and we're eating teppanyaki, one of my favorites, because we're celebrating. And uh, we're toasting, and I just have this weird feeling in my stomach, and it was something about the vibe in the room. It's like, you know, we should be celebrating, but uh, something doesn't feel right. And sure enough, something wasn't right. So I won't get into the full Game of Thrones drama story, but there was some serious fuckery going on in, uh, within starting strength at the time. And there was uh, some attempts at sabotage and all this crazy nonsense, which is hilarious because before I started the franchise company, um, Grant had bought me out of the first gym that he and I opened together. And I was, I was really at a crossroads because I just met my future wife at the gym, actually. Well, we, we met at a different gym, but fell in love at, uh, at the Strength Co. in California. And then Grant bought me out. And I was like, well been doing this entrepreneurship thing for a long time and it's kind of feast and famine and back in corporate days I was making bank I was making you know half a million dollars a year at Blackberry so I'm at this crossroads and I'm like well I could open another gym um didn't make much sense um and I started applying for jobs and uh man I could not I could not stomach it I mean, I, I, one job I applied for was at DoorDash. They were looking for someone to uh, open up their enterprise line of business. So do deals with massive restaurant chains from around the world and figure out a good commission split and work out the business model, all this stuff right on my alley. I could totally do that job. Um, because if you go to Stanford Business School, what they teach you is, and I didn't, by the way, what they teach you is if you want to make a bunch of money, the thing to do is to join a somewhat early stage startup, let's say like series C, series B or later. So they've proven their model, they're making money, they've got tons of funding, they're fast growth. You join them in an executive capacity, you um, get some equity, you get a fat salary, do that for a few years, work your ass off, you cash out and you move on. So I was like, well, you know, my life is, is, is about more than me now. So I should probably just get a job. You know, I've been doing this entrepreneur thing, entrepreneurship thing at the time. This was in 2017 uh, for about half a decade. So, yeah, no more feast and famine, reliable income. And then uh, I did several interviews. They flew me to San Francisco. Um, by the way, imagine working for a San Francisco tech startup in 2022. Jesus, did I dodge a bullet? No, no need to go into details of the story, but but going there reminded me 
of the politics and the bullshit that you have to deal with in corporate. It's not about what is the problem, how do we solve it, and how do we make everyone involved happy and successful. It's about posturing and politics and bullshit. So I'm allergic to that stuff. I, I want nothing to do with it. You know, I, I was at risk of being fired in my previous corporate jobs probably on a daily basis. And it was the, the thing that made me successful because when the most senior executives at the company asked me a question, I would tell them my most blunt, brutally honest answer, whether or not they were prepared to hear it. And um, that analysis and candor is what led us to crazy success. We built a billion dollar business in Indonesia, the number one market in the world at the time. We had a damn good time. So the corporate thing was sweet and I had that figured out, right? Cause I, I achieved uh, pretty high status in my career by age 26 as the youngest executive in company history running Australia, New Zealand for them. And that was after growing Southeast Asia, Philippines, Indonesia. Here I am joining a strength training company. And the first thing I'm greeted with is a whole bunch of politics. And it was, um, it was really, it was really demoralizing and disappointing. The most amazing thing about it, by the way, was how many people had such firm opinions about business. And I'm thinking to myself, Either I don't know what the hell I'm talking about or these people don't know what the hell they're talking about. But the trouble is, all I had was a concept. So what am I going to do? Like, oh, no, my theory is better than yours. Like, no, no one cares, right? So all we had to do is get to work. Um, after StrengthCon in 2018, I filed with the Federal Trade Commission for this company to become a franchise company. And that was a three-month, $50,000 process. Three months and $50,000. And I wrote that check. Um, I bet everything on this company. I went all in to the extent that I'm not even fully comfortable sharing because it was, it was either going to be the dumbest thing I've ever done or something that pays off for the rest of my life, takes care of my family, takes care of my extended family, my friends, Rip, Steph, Nick, all the franchise owners, all the coaches, all the members in this really positive way. It was going to be one or the other. And I'm kind of an extreme guy and I like high stakes. But at that time, I was 32 years old and uh, I didn't know that entrepreneurship was going to be the thing that enabled me to raise a family and live a lifestyle the way that I wanted to. So anyways, I went, I went for it. I went for it. It was a, it was a super risky move. And uh, during those three months where we were building the, uh, the franchise disclosure document and going through all the regulatory bullshit... I also built a business plan, but the business plan basically outlined the state of the fitness industry, which is complete nonsense, the state of pop culture and its ideas about fitness, the state of media and its ideas about fitness, how much pent up demand there is for starting strength based on the analytics that I pulled from the website. Millions of people going to the website every year, spending three plus minutes on site, visiting two, three, four pages per session unbelievably quality metrics. And as far as I'm concerned, this was uh, an untapped business opportunity that was just waiting for someone to put the pieces together. I mean, I didn't really invent anything, right? Uh, Mark Ripito, Steph, the whole crew, primarily Mark, obviously, um, these are the people that, that innovated. These are the people with the intellectual property. These are the people with the book, the teaching method, the technique, the programming, the certification, all this stuff. All I did really was connect the dots and bring it to market in a way where the incentives aligned. So I spent three months building this plan. 
when we got approved by the FTC the day before the 2018 Starting Strength Coaches Association Conference. And I was slated to speak at that event, and I did. The night before, at the hotel room, we signed our first franchise, Starting Strength Austin. And we announced it that day. As resolute and confident as uh, the naysayers seem to be, um, I've done this before, you know? I was confident. Um, I knew what the hypotheses were. I knew what ideas still had to be tested. And um, there were some pretty massive bets we were taking there, right? So essentially what I'm suggesting here is that someone takes a couple hundred thousand dollar bet to open up a retail franchise gym with the starting strength name right on the storefront in a major metropolitan area to fulfill existing demand for starting strength. Uh, and then if that works, open these things up in smaller markets to see if we can fulfill existing demand and then supplement additional demand by getting more people into the doors that are not yet familiar with the brand. So that's a, that's a massive bet. I mean, these gyms, it depends on the gym, but let's say you need 60 plus members to break even. It depends on what you're charging and it depends on your overhead and stuff. But you know, there, there hadn't been a gym that, that reached that level of success that I was aware of that, that purely just offered starting strength. So that, that was a risk. We were taking a bunch of risks because we didn't have any term contracts. We took a massive risk because we required that people come and train at a set time. You can't just come to the gym whenever you want. This is training. You have a training session with a coach, your personal trainer, and that's an appointment three times a week. So we're charging 50% more than the rest of the industry, and we're trying to do it in a way that's ethical. We're trying not to screw people over. We're trying not to have policies that would piss me off. We're trying to, to be reasonable and fair and treat other people the way we want to be treated, and more importantly, to, to not treat people the way that we do not want to be treated, or however that goes, the, the inverse, the silver rule from our, our buddy Taleb. So we went for it, and um, the first gym, Starting Strength Austin, was just a myriad of problems, as you'd imagine. And the politics of starting strength are still going on. And uh, all that shit's in the in the past now, which is great, because it was, I won't even get into how stressful it was to deal with that nonsense. I mean, starting a company is stressful enough, right? Um, betting everything on it is stressful enough, but having uh, all this conflict and bullshit and politics is just, it was extremely disappointing, distracting, but we we made our way through it. And so, just to get the timeline here, April of 2018, StrengthCon announcement. July of 2018, three months later, we're able to sell franchises. We sell our first franchise. Took us all the way until April of 2019 to open our first gym because of all the bullshit we had to deal with. You would not believe how difficult it is to do business in this country and in most states if you haven't done business at a national level. The amount of red tape and bureaucracy and rules our franchise lawyer said it best. He said, you know, it's interesting. The rules that the government creates tends to hurt the good guys and help the bad guys. And um, truer words have never been spoken about the majority of government policy. There are some good policies that relate to franchising, but most of them are, it makes it nearly impossible for a bootstrapped startup to become a franchise company because how many people have the ability to take 50 grand out of their pocket and wait three months before they can start a business. And then franchising is a, is a long tail payoff. 
we sell franchises for 40,000 bucks a piece and we take 10% of the gross revenue. And the team that you have to assemble to build a franchise system that is complete and useful enough to generate demand and provide an amazing member experience and to kick everybody else's ass in this industry, the people that you have to bring on are not cheap. And if you bring on crappy people, you're going to have a crappy company. So we did this the long, hard way. The, the money that was poured into this company, the money that was poured into the first gym came out of my pocket. It came out of Rip and Steph's pockets. And uh, it was, it was, it was a pretty ballsy move on Rip's part, actually, but he had, Rip has fantastic business judgment because in the early days I, uh, I asked him, so are you comfortable with me raising some money? Because we might need a couple million bucks to make this thing fly. He said, well, how much do you need? I'd rather, I'd rather put in the money myself. I was like, damn. Um, and I had just done a big bet on my previous company. It didn't pay off quite the way that I wanted to. It wasn't a failure, but it wasn't what it could have been. So I was, I was um, wary of making bets that big myself and especially wary of taking um, someone else's money and putting them at that level of risk. But we both believe in the concept. We both know what this brand can do. It's just all it comes down to is can we connect the dots well enough in time before we go bankrupt in a way that has the incentives aligned for everyone involved? And that really was the question. So... By the way, before the end of uh, 2018, so the year that we announced this thing, we hadn't opened any gyms yet. By the end of that year, we had sold nine franchises. We sold nine franchise gyms, and we had zero built. And that's not because of me. That's because of Rip. That's because of Steph. That's because of Nick. It's the brand that they've built and the amount of trust that people have in whatever it is we decide to do, which is... It's such an unbelievable amount of responsibility because it's one thing if uh, we blow a bunch of cash and then people are in a worse financial position. That's that's terrible and it's catastrophic, especially as Rip is, I mean, he's, he's at retired age roughly, right? But then on top of that, to potentially tarnish the brand if we fuck this up, it was an unbelievable amount of stress, an unbelievable amount of stress. So we opened our first gym in April of 2019. We opened our second gym in, I believe it was July, starting in St. Dallas, July of 2000, 2018. And then the next month, I believe it was August, we opened starting in St. Houston. And man, Austin, I was a little worried about because uh, the street, the sign isn't very visible from the street. And there was an affiliate gym there prior and it kind of was puttering along. So it's like, is this new system so good and is the brand so strong that we can make a successful gym. Well, in 2021, Austin grossed over $350,000. Not bad. <laughs> so, uh, but, but, and I knew Dallas would fly because Dallas is right on Greenville Avenue. I mean, if you haven't been to DFW, that is a booming metroplex and has been for years. And this, uh, this storefront sign was visible. It was next to Starbucks. It was the dream. It was the exact vision. It was the exact model. I knew that gym would crush it. And that thing had so many problems from construction to marketing. And it was, Brent, thank you for your patience. <laughs> Brent has since signed up to open 20 gyms. He's already bought five and opened three with his partner and my friend, Andrew Mueller. So I think, uh, I think it paid off. Dallas did $400,000 in revenue. 
in 2021. By the way, if I talk about revenue, I have to post all the gym's performance, so I'm not cherry picking the data and, and trying to, you know, basically being a politician. Um, that is one good rule by the FTC, by the way. So I will put this document up on the screen so you can take a look at how all the gyms are doing, and they're in order of of when they opened. But Houston, Houston worried me a little bit. Houston worried me a little bit because Houston, based on their uh, the the amount of overhead they had, because they hired some of the most senior coaches in the system. I mean. J.D. Shipley hired Josh and Shelly Wells and Chase Lindley. So that's uh, three starting strength coaches. And Chase may not have been an SSC when he, when he started with them. But in any case, J.D. had a lot of overhead. And his rent was almost double what I had in mind initially. It was like $7,000 a month. But fantastic location. Inside the loop in Houston, extremely visible. It was exactly what we had in mind. So, man, we're all betting big. We're rolling the dice. And Houston is our number one performing gym. Houston cleared nearly half a million dollars last year. They did $485,000. They're our first gym to clear over a million dollars since opening. And uh, Dallas is right there behind them. Dallas is like $30,000 away from a million. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing to be sitting here right now and, and telling everyone about this because uh, if you are building something new and you've got a bunch of unproven things that you're trying to prove and you've got a bunch of money on the line and reputation and all kinds of stuff and you don't see if you don't see the risk in front of you all that means is you haven't been an entrepreneur for very long because entrepreneurship will kick you in the teeth it is uh it is ultimate capitalism minus the government nonsense that that prevents you from doing things and we'll get into that shortly by the way but it is you either solve problems for people in a way where they will pay you for it or you don't and if you do you have to do it at scale, repeatably, and reliably for the business to work. And if everything doesn't work out, you fail. And if you fail, you got to start over. And uh, having made half a million bucks a year at 26, I had a bunch of cash in the bank. And I'm not, a, I, I didn't come from a rich family. I built, I built, uh, I built my wealth from scratch. Um, you know, I've been working since I was 10. So this isn't uh, some silver spoon story. But the stakes were crazy high, and they were about to get even higher. So 2018, we announced this thing. 2019, we opened three gyms. First month of 2020, starting Strength Denver. Keep, keep these dates in mind. First month of 2020, brand new gym franchise, brand new entrance into the fitness industry. January 2020. <laughs> what happened next? Well, shit. Two months after Denver opened, the whole world shut down. Politicians lost their mind. They uh, behaved like neurotic mothers that were unable to make distinctions, and they they uh, decided that a disease that kills people that are unfit and unhealthy should be mitigated by preventing people from going to the gym to become more fit and more healthy. Only the government has that kind of logic. I mean, it was just pure brilliance. So we shut down all four of our gyms for two months. So keeping in mind we're bootstrapped and keeping in mind that uh, with the exception of Andrew Mueller and Brent who have a, a bottomless pit of money thanks to Andrew's brilliant entrepreneurship himself, these are just normal people opening gyms, betting it all, wishing for the best. And I take that very seriously. 
um, it was scary. I didn't know, no one had any idea what the future held. No one had any idea how long the lockdowns would be. No one had any idea how loyal the members would be. We didn't know if the gyms would be solvent. We didn't know if the franchise company would be solvent. That was an unbelievably dark period in my life. Probably the most difficult, probably the most difficult. Luckily, stress recovery adaptation applies to the psyche as well. And, uh, my wife's pregnant right now and I know I'm about to face some serious stresses, uh, which by the way, what, what kind of news is that, right? That the gym company's cash flow positive right around the time I find out my wife is pregnant. Life is, uh, ups and downs right now we're on the up. So enjoy, enjoy it while it's here. So I'm thinking about all kinds of stuff. Uh, I even, I even, uh, had a prototype created in CAD for a home gym platform with auto leveling feet, not auto leveling, but, but feet that you could level yourself. So you could put it in a garage and have a level platform. We were thinking of any ways to, to diversify, to change our strategy, to try to, to change things, to meet the new situation. And, all we could do is kind of hope that uh, that things worked out. So May came around, and I released an article on startingstrength.com titled, We Will Not Comply. I welcome you to read that because it is an important document that outlines the way we think. And the way we think is as follows. We do not belong to anyone. We are not subjects. Uh, we are citizens of a free nation, and we will not be told that we cannot live our lives and make a living. It's as simple as that. So we send that document to every new franchise owner, every prospective franchise owner, to make sure they're philosophically aligned. And if they're not, they cannot buy a franchise. It's a 10-year commitment. It may as well be a marriage. Uh, we only want to work with like-minded people. We want to work with people that see the world the way that we do. We want to work with people that have our best interests in mind and know that we have theirs in mind, and we will have each other's backs no matter what happens, and we'll do our very best. We don't want soft people that are going to roll over on their bellies and say, yes, government, please tell me what I can and can't do. That is not, that is not what we're all about. There are not enough companies standing up against this bullshit, and we are one of them. So that, that was a, useful in a lot of ways. But um, we didn't open another gym for the entire year. We didn't, a brand new company burning five figures a month didn't open a new gym for a year, but we sold a bunch of gyms. I'm trying to think how many we sold. Shit, was it 12 or 13? I'll, I'll put the number on the screen um, in 2020. And during that period, we didn't sign a lease either. So, I mean, th this is, when I say long tail, this is long tail. We have to register with the FTC, become a franchise company, find someone that wants to open a franchise and take the risk wait nine, 12 months for them to open a franchise, including finding a location, signing a lease. So the lease signing is, might be a six month process. We signed zero leases. So we're not, in other words, if we don't have leases signed, we're not opening gyms for half a year plus. So we start 2021 and we start signing some leases. And then in, was it March or April, we did our owner's retreat, our first owner's retreat. We got all the franchise owners together outside of Austin and uh, we all got together and, and hung out and had a good time for three days, hung out in the jacuzzi, lifted some weights, had useful conversation, talked business, Brent made us brisket, we had the event catered, it was awesome, it was a great time. But I wasn't fully settled because, you know, it still, it still didn't feel real. We had gyms that were opened, we had a bunch of franchise owners that, that had signed on, but man, I'd... I'd 
I've been doing this entrepreneurship thing for so long, I know better than to get too excited. So the whole time I'm just kind of waiting with bated breath and um, all I can do is work as many hours as possible and hire the best people and try to have the best ideas and try to get things put together as quickly as possible. And um, luckily that's what we did. So then fast forward to September of this past year, 2021, we had our first coaches conference. And the first coaches conference was when this thing really felt real because we had 70 people at Wichita Falls Athletic Club in September of 2021. And um, we spent half the day on Saturday on the platform, half the day on Saturday in the classroom. We lifted together on Friday. On Sunday, we uh, we talked business. We did Q&A with Rip. It was, Steph baked me a cake. <laughs> That's one of the photos in the in the intro reel. That was a very special moment for me. Steph is a tough customer. Steph is hard to... Uh, hard to impress. So the cake was meaningful. Um, our, our last owner's retreat. <laughs> Rip Rip came down to the first one. And it was great. And he drank and had a good time, stayed the night. And then this one, he just came down for the day. He's like, so what are you guys doing? I was like, well, we're going to play some games. He's like, <laughs> he's just laughing at us. And then uh, and then he, kept, he was asking about what our plans were. And, and it's like, yeah, you know, tomorrow we're going to go on a boat ride. And he goes, a boat ride? <laughs> so he's just... Totally making fun of us, um, which is one of the things he's best at. So, hey, Rip, you don't like boat rides, but we had a good time. So after the conference, things got crazy busy, crazy, crazy busy. Towards the end of that year, we opened seven gyms in six months. And my sister, Jen, who I hope to have on the podcast soon, did not have a stroke. So that's good. No one's had a stroke yet. Um, I think we've all come very close. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we all knew the payoff would be big, right? Because what what are we all here for? What are we, what's this all about? What are we doing? You know, um, do I want to go to work and do stuff I don't care about and not help other people and not inspire and not improve and not always strive to get better? Earlier in my career, I remember sitting on top of a, a rooftop of a hotel at a bar, meeting some people overlooking the Marina Bay in Singapore. And uh, I was talking to, to a guy there and just making small talk, you know, what do you do? And I, and I, I was curious. I like, I love work. I, I want to talk about what I do. Work is my life. And he's like, ah, I don't really care. I don't want really to talk about it. I was like, huh? And I knew he made money. You've got to make money to be an expat in Singapore. He's nice clothes. And he's like, well, I was like, that's an interesting answer. What do you, what do you mean? He's like, I work for IBM. I'm a mercenary. I don't care. I just, I get paid. I go home. I was like, man, is that depressing? That, that will never be me. I don't want that to be me. So that's, that's, one of the things that motivates me is I want to do work that I care about. I want to work with people that I like. I want to work for a company or own or build a company that has policies that make sense, where it's not do this because that's the way it's supposed to be done, but do this because this is the best thinking to date. But if you have better thinking, let us know and we can revise. This is why iteration is one of our values. And if we could help people at the same time and hopefully someday make money. Fantastic. Um, but the, the risk to take to achieve that without any external forces, and this is why Rip is such a sharp guy in, in business. He, he knew not to expose us to the claws of the venture capitalists or the private equity firms, because I was ready to go raise some money and make this thing easy. I, I would have, this definitely took years off my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying not to exaggerate, but this was, this was a serious 
a seriously stressful endeavor, but it was it was the right way to approach this thing. Ripito was right. So we did this thing on our own. We did it bootstrapped. I didn't make a dime. I made negative $50,000 or something for the first three years, maybe two and a half years. Um, and then for a, for a while there, I was making $2,000 a month, you know, um, supplementing my income with online coaching and uh, trying not to drain my bank account. So four years into this thing, three years post opening our first gym, um, we're cash flow positive. And uh, it was getting to the point before I had this finance meeting last week, it was getting to the point where I was legitimately thinking, I might need to take out a personal loan. And I, I've never been in personal debt before. So it was, it's weird how life works out sometimes, you know, but um, we, we did this thing the right way. So, so here we are. We have uh, 16 gyms open. By the time you see this, Tulsa might be open. That's our 17th. Um, we survived COVID. We survived government rules. We survived near bankruptcy. Um, we survived entrepreneurship and the uncertainty of having to come up with new ideas and test them in the market and see if they actually work and to try to do things in a, in a way that aligns with our values. And along the way, we've created now nearly 100 jobs and we've only just gotten started. And we've generated over $10 million in economic activity. So um, when I say long tail, again, I mean long tail because the shareholders of this company aren't going to make any money for, you know, half a decade, any real money. And if you're, if you're talking about, we'll see how fast we grow and, and things, but um, as far as paying back investment capital, it's going to take some time. I don't care. It's fine. We're in this for the long haul. I believe that starting strength will be the Kleenex of strength training. I think we're going to build this brand to an extent to where starting strength will be synonymous with strength training. I'm confident about this because Rip and Steph have built such a phenomenal product and gotten so much organic traffic and attention just because it's so good. There was no slick marketing campaign to, to grow this brand to what it's become. They get something like 35 million impressions online every year. Well, guess what? Our storefront signs get 30,000 impressions per day. So if you map that out over the course of a year and you times that by 100 gyms, when we have 100 gyms, we'll have 1 billion annual impressions per year in a country with a population of mid 300 millions. 1 billion impressions per year. So Starting Strength is going to be a massive brand. It's already the biggest brand in strength training. Some of you already know about the brand because of this YouTube channel. There's 233,000 subscribers and we get a million views a month at time of recording. Some of you know about the brand because of the website and the books. In the future, the vast majority of you will have heard about the brand because of our storefront sign. And by the way, we didn't invent this. We, we borrowed... Orange Theory's model. They were very smart. Why do you know Orange Theory exists? Probably not because they served you an ad. Probably because there's one in your town and you drove by it and saw the sign. But you kind of had to ask yourself, what the hell is Orange Theory? And maybe that's part of their strategy. But our strategy is much simpler. There could not be a better name. Starting Strength. And these gyms are getting 10 to 15% of their business now, depending on the gym, just from people that are driving by. And because the name is so obviously clear as to what it is and what we do. And then 
once we get people in the gym and they see the quality of the coaching, that we actually have a model, that we actually know what we're doing, that we actually know how to get people moving in line with the model, that's enough to sell people right away. And that's not even, that's not even demonstrating any results, just demonstrating competence in a safe, friendly environment, no mirrors, um, no commercial gym club music and uh, throwing weights around and uh, you know, being loud and ridiculous and grunting and wearing, you know, uh, skimpy tank tops with your nipples showing and carrying around gallon jugs of water and wearing do rags and all the nonsense shit you see at, <laughs> at other gyms. And by the way, the funny thing is, I actually didn't think that uh, that I'd be the one to do this thing, but it just so happened way back when when my uh, when Speak Up was we missed a round of funding to Speak Up, my last company. And I was like, oh shit, so what do I do now? And, and I hit up Grant in Orange County and we, we opened a gym together. And the, the motivating factor actually for me was, was kind of like when your buddy opens a bar. It's like, it's not a good business. The, the motivating factor for me was I was sick of training at 24-hour fitness. I mean, it was like, it was like a public bathroom um, with gym equipment. I, I did not want to train there anymore, and I didn't have room to build my own gym. That that was the main motivation. And then being an entrepreneur, I knew that, you know, the chances of it going well and and then me going on to do something bigger um, was really low. But at least it'd be a good time. At least you'd have somewhere to train, and hopefully it'll be a little asset that I'll throw up a couple grand a month. So it's interesting how how far things have come and and what's transpired since then. And uh, it's kind of cool because the Strength Co has has expanded and is now it's a great brand. It's it's now an equipment company and. Um, I'm not involved anymore uh, from an ownership perspective, but I am involved. Um, they're our vendor, so they they provide us with all of the plates for all the gyms. They've got they've got the best damn plates in the industry. Ripito helped design those, and uh, those are available at thestrength.co. By the way, if you want to check those out. So we talked about the past. We talked about where we are now. I gave you a little glimpse about what I think the future holds. Let's talk more about that because we are definitely going to be copied. Anytime there's a successful business, you have copycats. And I don't, I don't see that as a threat. I'm not worried about that. I take that as a compliment. I take that as flattery. I think anyone doing strength training stuff in this industry is great because they will eventually find us and we are the best. And if somebody can beat us, I, I encourage the competition to try to beat us. I encourage the competition to try to develop a better program, a better member experience, and better outcome. Because if they can do that, then uh, we need to learn what they're doing, and we need to iterate. But at the moment, we're at the top of the heap. So all we have to do is keep providing a phenomenal experience to our members. If you look at, just do, go on Google Maps and look up any of our gyms and look at the reviews. They're almost all five-star reviews. And we got our first three- or four-star review yesterday, I think, in company history out of one of our gyms, I won't, I won't name and shame them, but uh, it's almost all five-star reviews. So we just have to keep the standard high. We can't get anxious and let coaches in that aren't qualified. We can't get anxious and let gym owners in that we don't really want to work with for at least a decade. We can't get anxious and let members in that we know are, that are going to spoil the community vibe and are not a good fit. We just have to take our time, do things the right way, do, do things the way things used to be done when I was growing up. You know, nowadays it feels like everything has just had the soul sucked out of it. It's all private equity. It's all profit only. Um, fuck people. It's all about money. And, um, you know, I was about to say that's fine, but it, it's not fine. I don't think it's fine. And I don't like doing business with companies like that. I like doing businesses with companies that are owned by people. 
people that care, that have skin in the game, and they want to produce something of value. They want to do something quality. So for example, I told you guys I'm nerding out on this camera stuff, right? And there's this, uh, this brand called Peak Designs. I want to meet the engineers that, that create these things at Peak Design. Their, their backpacks, their camera straps, their tripod. These people are unbelievably thoughtful and disciplined about the way they design their products and bring them to market. And that's how we are too, and that's how things are going to remain. And that will be our, our secret to success because the copycats are already here. We've got a copycat in the UK. They stole all of our wall art, our trade dress. We've got a copycat in Egypt. <laughs> But I'm all too familiar with copycats. I mean, when I landed in Singapore and then I decided to take on the Indonesian market for BlackBerry, it was all gray market imports and they had uh, they had malls. BlackBerry was so popular in Indonesia at the time, they had entire malls dedicated to selling Blackberries. None of them were official. They're all knockoffs. It all looked like shit. The brand was just bastardized. It was a mess. So um, we went in there, cleaned it up put in some authorized distribution, two-year warranties, service center in the country, authorized distribution at 5,400 retail stores across the country, a country of 17,000 islands. Um, so, you know, again, I've done this before. We're going to do it again. We're, we're not compromising on standards. And we welcome the competition. So there's, uh, there's going to be a starting strength light. Someone is going to come in and try to do what we do and try and do it for cheaper. And I cannot wait for that because you cannot half-ass this. You cannot shortcut this. Our ex we, so our gyms charge $315 to $455 per month for membership. That's a lot of money. That is because each session costs anywhere from $24 to $35, depending on which price point you're, you're paying. And it costs that much money because you're reserving a personal training appointment with a coach who is going to tell you exactly what to do and how to do it. And you will get an outcome if you listen to him. So is that expensive per month? Hell yeah, that's a lot of money. Is that expensive per session? No, it's the price of a spin class. And when you compare that to the value that you get, there, there's absolutely no comparison. So I welcome the competitors that are going to try and do this for cheaper because it's just going to bring more attention to strength training. People are going to get annoyed at the lack of progress and the screwed up form and the crap coaching and they'll come to us. And then there may even be a company that tries to do this more premium, you know, like what Equinox is, the 24 hour fitness. So scented towels, sauna, 800 bucks a month type stuff. And that's fine. That's a small segment of the market. And you guys might actually, uh, you know, have standards when it comes to coaching, but not standards like ours. I remember sitting at the Wichita Falls Athletic Club with Rip, and we were talking business and the concept and next steps, and he was absolutely fixated on one thing. And guess what that was? It was what absolutely cannot happen is I can't visit one of these gyms and come in and see people squatting above parallel. Cannot happen ever. Everyone squats to depth. And he was harping on this, and, and that, that was the most important thing to him. This is Rip's body of work. This is Rip's brand. These are the standards that he set. People say all the time when they come to our gyms, it's the blue book brought to life. That's a huge responsibility. So for those of you that are coaches and apprentices watching this, keep that in mind and uh, don't, don't do anything in the gym that you wouldn't do in front of RIP. And that's, that's the way we've been operating and it has really served us well so far. And it's been, it's been incredible to work with people that are artisans. It's been, it's been incredible to work with people that put the quality of their work and effort and um, 
just care into everything they do. So it's it's been uh, it's been a real it's been refreshing in that sense. All the politics and nonsense and COVID and almost running out of money. I mean, shit, we were down to uh, three months of runway or less on probably four occasions, and I bared that burden myself because um, that's it's on me. It's on me to figure it out. And we moved the numbers around. We made things work. We hired. We fired. We we pinched pennies. We maneuvered. And here we are. So it has been a uh, a hell of a four years. We're three years into the five-year goal of 100 starting strength gyms in five years. I don't care if we hit the goal as long as we're not going bankrupt. Um, you know, anything could happen. We might we might still even hit the goal. I mean, the, the amount of people that are inquiring about franchises is massive. We're probably only approving, I don't know, it's got to be a, it's gotta be a, uh, a lower pass rate than the SSC. You know, it's got to be less than 10%. But if you are good, if you're if you're great and you align with our values and you see this in your future and you want to be a franchise owner, let's talk. And I'm not the first guy to talk to anymore. I used to be the one selling these things myself, but I don't want to sell anything to anyone. And uh, the first person that Franchise Prospects talk to now is Luke Schroeder. Luke is the owner of Starting Strength Cincinnati, and uh, he has a successful new gym. And I want people to talk to a franchise owner to get a real-world understanding of what it's like to own and operate one of these gyms from a guy that's done it before. I don't want people to talk to the the guy that created the concept but but isn't, you know, on the ground in the gym every day. I am as much as I can here in Boise, but it's not my gym and I have ob- obvious biases. So I think it's it's better if franchise prospects talk to a franchise owner as their first point of contact. So if that's you, get in touch. If you are a personal trainer, if you are uh, wanting a career move, if you want to become a coach, you would not believe how many times during this whole thing I have uh, envied the coaches because we have coaches that make eighty thousand plus dollars a year for a thirty-ish hour a week job, and this isn't a job you you just show up, you show up and you just use your skills. It's it's fun. I enjoy coaching, and on the days where I'm wondering if I've just ruined my life and wasted everybody's money and tarnished the brand and we're going to be a catastrophic failure on those days. Uh, I, I envied the coaches that are sitting in these gyms, you know, rolling in at 445 and leaving in the evening after three sessions back to back, hanging out, having a good time, helping people get better, just showing up and going home. Um, so the coaching jobs are, are phenomenal, but you have to be a real coach. If you're not a real coach, you got to become a real coach. We've got a pathway for you too. So you can be, you can start in our apprenticeship program at one of the gyms. You can join the coach prep course and we will guide you through every step of the process. And if you don't have what it takes, you're going to know right away. But if you do have what it takes and you want to make this your career and you want to become a coach, we are looking for great people. We're always looking for great people, but just know we will not compromise on our standards. And then if you're watching this and you want to be a member at one of our gyms or you want to get coached online from one of the coaches at one of our gyms, then uh, just go to startingstrengthgyms.com and you'll know what to do from there. If we don't happen to have a location in your town yet, um, go to locations.ssgyms.com and punch in your zip code and we will email you as soon as we have someone who wants to open a gym in that area. So I can now officially say that we've built a successful business and we've built a successful business by enabling other people to build successful businesses. And those people that have built their successful businesses, the franchise locations, are successful themselves because they've hired high quality coaches, put their gyms in the correct locations to our specs, and they focus entirely 
on a five-star member experience. So making better progress that you can get anywhere else is just the baseline. When you walk into one of our gyms, it should feel like you're walking into a group of people that that you belong with, that you belong to. It should feel like uh, these are like-minded people that enjoy working hard, that don't mind doing things that take time and planning and effort and are willing to wait for the long-term payoff. And um, we've done a really good job of doing that. I, uh, I feel happy, proud, uh, connected. Um, I feel extremely grateful whenever I walk into one of our gyms because the world is so fucked up right now and people are are dying for community and the jobs that people have have changed and there's mask mandates and vaccine mandates and corporate woke nonsense where companies are just pretending to care about things because they think it's what people want to hear and it's so disgusting and we just don't participate in that shit. So it's 2022. I'm glad I didn't take that job at DoorDash. I'm glad we took a massive bet. And I'm glad that Mark Ripito has a gigantic set of balls and decided to bet big on me, on the concept, um, and on the team with his own cash and with his own reputation. So thank you for listening to my story. And I will, uh, I'll keep you guys updated. If you have questions, hit me down in the comments below. I'll check as often as I can, but if you really want to catch me, um, go to the Starting Sync forum, and I check that almost every day so we can talk on the forum. Thank you.